I see us on your feed, and you're streaming too. We've got a jelly donut for you, and I think to myself, I love this show. I see Mike and Chris in other lands. They've got listeners in Ireland. And I think to myself, I love this show. I think to myself, I love this show. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Shout out to Louis Armstrong. What are y'all? Red roses too. I see them blue. Me and, you. and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. So Chris, as I preluded before our intro song there, number 20, Big 2-0. How you feeling, man? Yeah, this is a big uh, feat for us because 20 episodes, even though we're still a young podcast this is still a lot for us to think that we've been doing 20 episodes consistently and we thank you guys for listening consistently to us thank you for putting up with all of our goofy crazy intros we try to make it interesting and we try to make this donut box fun for you you know me and michael were actually talking about you know a couple weeks ago about how uh you know we're we're different from other podcasts and you know we don't necessarily make a lot of the edgier jokes or the jokes that we could make on this show. And like, I take pride in that. It's really hard to have clean comedy. It really, really is. Cause we can make all those jokes, but it, I think it takes a skill to have clean comedy. Oh, I agreed with that. It's, uh, it's exceptionally hard sometimes. I mean, cause certain things fit into certain areas where it's like, you totally could make that joke if you wanted to, but I digress. It, totally that way but we're we're more than happy that you guys are with us um i mean 20 episodes and i mean some of y'all have been sticking strong since day one but we appreciate every one of you guys it's interesting to go back and listen to the very first one and you could tell that we were really nervous not saying that we're masters by far but i think we kind of found our groove and so i'm interested that whenever 50 comes, we can go back and listen to this episode and see the things that have changed. So we have a great old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. Now, this story, man, we have been waiting to tell you guys every week when we're, like, thinking of old-fashioned donuts. We're like, well, let's tell this story. And then we're both like, nah, let's save it. But since it's 20, we're going to tell you this special, special story. So what kind of special story are we telling, Micah? Oh, we're going to tell this story about this man. Now, I will say the names have been changed to protect the innocent around this story. And so the thing is, um, what, what, what should we name this guy, Chris? What, what do you think? Let's name him Doug. All right, we'll name him Doug. So Doug, he... Um, we didn't particularly like this guy. He went to the same church as we did. And um, basically, all of our families knew each other. They were all middle-aged with kids and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so Doug was somebody that uh, they all knew. And what ended up happening, they all wanted to go on a camping trip. And they took all the kids with us. So that's essentially where this starts off at. Now, there's a few things that happened that uh, 
made it not so good for other people. One, I will say before we get into this, never take your kids on a camping trip and let them stay at a different campsite beyond your field of vision because they're only going to cause trouble. I digress. Chris, you can <laughs> go from here a little bit. Well, we were accustomed, Micah's family, and of course, you know, basically me and Micah grew up as brothers. So anytime they would take him camping, I got to go along because uh, Micah's an only child. Uh, so basically, uh, we had gone camping before. And let me backtrack. The reason, part of the reason why we did not like this guy, Doug, is because he would make comments that were just just off kilter like for example we were in a tech team meeting one time and we, they were talking about things and about you know making sure we get zooming and and you know we need to make sure that we're going to be there for special events and the tech team leader made a joke he was like yeah he was like you know make sure we're here for special events he's like weddings funerals and then he was joking he was like bar mitzvahs and then doug made the uh made the joke he was like what about circumcisions can we get close-ups for those and i was like me and michael looked at him like all right perv but uh anyways i digress so yeah never let two teenage actually it was three our friend aaron came with us on that trip and our friend aaron uh and me and michael we had a campsite that was like across the little lake from where they were staying and uh Basically, what had happened was was another reason why we didn't like Doug is Doug was not paying a lot of attention to his young son, and his young son wanted to learn how to fish, and uh, he didn't want to teach him how to fish, so he just told Micah and I to teach him how to fish, and he had no problem like just dumping this kid on us because you could tell he didn't want to spend time with his kid, and uh, this kid was being uh, yeah, he was eight, but he was like throwing rocks in the in the pond, throwing rocks in the lake, scaring all the fish away. And we're like, bro, stop. And he would continue to do it. But anyways, what happened? So we return Doug's kid back to Doug here. And so we're, we're sitting back here and Chris and I are fuming a little bit here. Same with Aaron, our friend Aaron. And so end up what happened is we end up going back to camp. We actually ended up catching a fish. And meanwhile, we catch the fish. And this is a little side story, but we catch the fish. We go back to camp and we're like, you know what? We're going to cook this fish. And it, it was a little brim. And if you know what a brim is or a crappie, whatever you want to call it, they're just real small, like, like pan-sized fish. Anyways, they um, we end up catching one. And so there's going to be a fish for three of us. So we're filleting it up. Then... Our other friend, Chris, and his brother, Jonathan, show up. And Jonathan is... He's, Jay Rizzle. Yeah, Jay Rizzle. He's cool, but he can have his moments. And so, <laughs> basically, he ends up taking most of the fish. And we don't forget it, Jay Rizzle. We don't forget it. Anyways, so beyond that, they all, you know... So now we have this friend group of... What does that make it? Five of us? Uh, basic math, you know, I went to Georgia education and all anyways. Um, so we end up having the five of us and we're sitting around this campfire and we're sitting there thinking, you know, we got to do something. We, none of us like this guy at all. And we knew, you know, how to get around to his campsite. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew we needed to do something. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. 
So that other friend, Chris, who came with his brother, Jonathan, we did not expect him to want to be any part of this. We expected Aaron and Jonathan to be on board with whatever we wanted to do. But Chris, he was normally the sensible guy. And um, that night he was like, so we just said, you know, we're going to go around because it was around the lake. So you just took this big old bend in the lake and then you're at their campsites. And so we said, okay, we're going to go. And we're like, all right, Chris, hang hang tight at camp. He's like, no, I'm going with you. And we were pretty shocked about that. So anyways, we go around the corner of the lake and it's a little dry that season. So the little pier that was in the water was dried up, but there was little slats in the middle. So here's all of us boys like piled up in there, like looking at this campsite, like what are we going to do? So, uh, correction, whenever they're referencing other Chris, I was on board for it all the way. Other Chris was like normally in bed by like eight because we had had like sleepovers with like all of them before. And he was usually in bed like by eight. It was like, no, nah, leave me alone. Uh, so we decide that we're going to keep them up all night. We're going to find some way to just keep them up all night. We're going to stir a ruckus and we're going to like base. Yeah. Doug primarily because he was with his wife, his other daughter and his son. So there were four of them and they brought these two dogs with them. So they were in a decent sized campsite and uh, Micah's parents and the other parents, they were at another campsite that was kind of far away, close, but far away. Uh, so they had no idea it was us. So, well, and not to mention that they also had a big tent with, like, air conditioning and all that other good stuff. Like, it was not really camping, but I digress. It was it was glamping. That's what it's called, glamping. Glamping. Uh, so Micah and Aaron decide that they're going to, like, somehow keep the dogs up. Like, get the dogs to start barking. Uh, so Micah and Aaron, they sneak across and at first they try to like open the car door and like set the car alarm off and did the car alarm go off or did it not? I don't think it did. It, it didn't. The car was locked and then, you know, we're so we're, and then all of a sudden we're trying to shimmy this lock and then Aaron and I have this conversation in the middle of the night of like, yeah, I think this is a felony. We should probably try something else. And so we end up coming back and we end up talking with everybody will call us the team i guess and we were talking about it and we said you know what and how this lake was designed is there was kind of almost a shelf because there was like all these trees and then there was like erosion away and then there was kind of the beach so there was like an area you can kind of hide up under and so we said there's kind of a pathway that cut up through that so we said you know what we're gonna go hide up underneath here we're gonna take rocks and we're gonna throw it at this tent and so all of us go over there, we pile up there, and we all start chucking rocks up there. And for some reason, it did not get their attention. Like, the dogs didn't bark or anything until someone got impatient. I think it was me, if I remember correctly. And got a bigger rock, got up, like, really close and, like, threw it on the tent. And, I mean, the tent, like, shook full on. And then, of course, the dogs came out. All I remember is hiding and being like, okay, what do we do now? I didn't really think about, like, what was going to happen if they actually came out or did anything until it was actually happening. So, after that happened, we went back to uh, headquarters, a.k.a. camp, and we tried to figure out, okay, yeah, that, that worked, but how else are we going to keep them up? And 
somehow me and Micah had gotten a hold of his parents' walkie-talkies. And if you lose one walkie-talkie, there's a button on the other walkie-talkie where you can push and call, and it'll make a ringing sound. If you ever had a landline, uh, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. Uh, sad to say that you got to say that, but it would ring like a landline uh, phone would ring, and so it would have a ringer on it and so that you could find the other walkie-talkie. So I don't remember... I, I will say that it was me and Micah, though. We were the brains behind the whole operation because I think between the two of us, we said, all right, we're going to take this walkie-talkie, we're going to put it in a tackle box, and we're going to put it by this tree, the right by their tent. And so we're going to hit the ringer button, and we're not going to hit it too much, but we're going to hit it, and then as soon as he comes out, we'll stop hitting the ringer button. Like, we'll ring it enough to wake them up, but we won't. We won't, like, let them find it. We don't want them to find the walkie-talkie. So we go over there, and we're hiding under the pier, and uh, one of us puts the walkie-talkie by the tree, and uh, we go back and hide under the pier, and we're we're pushing the button, and it's ringing. And, of course, here comes Doug with the flashlight trying to see what's happening. And uh, we're ringing and ringing, and the bar dogs are barking. So first couple times, he doesn't know what's going on. And so we decide... We're going to go back to camp, and we're going to do this in, like, 30-minute intervals. And at this point, it's, like, midnight, and so we're like, okay, we're going to keep it Oh, up it was late. later than that. I think it was, like, 1 or Well, we started at, like, 10 at night, so it had been, like, midnight or 1 at this point. And so then, uh, like, about the maybe sixth time that we go back, uh, he's ready. He's waiting for us, and uh, as soon as, like, the ringer goes, the flashlight pops on, and he's ready to find it. You can tell he knows what's going on. Boy, he popped out of there so fast. I mean, it was so hard not to laugh. So somehow, some way, we go back to camp. And the very last time before we get caught, somehow, Jay Rizzle gets a hold of the walkie-talkie. And he keeps pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And like we're like, dude, stop. He's going to find it. And then all of a sudden we see the flashlight and all of a sudden the flashlight shines underneath the pier and we're like, crap, we're caught. And me and Micah made the mistake of wearing cowboy boots. So we're like, oh, crap, he's coming. Take off running. So all you hear is clop, 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 clop. And continually while we're running, Jay Rizzle is continually pushing the button. So he finds the, finds the walkie-talkie. The gig is up. We're like, okay, now it's probably time to go to sleep. 2 a.m. If we try anything else, he's going to be waiting for us. Well, we did go back around the corner one more time. And we were like, we got to know if he knows. And so we went around the corner and we like rang it. and We didn't hear anything. And we were like, yep, it's over. He found it. And then we went back. And it was like, yep, time to go to bed. Entertainment's over. So the next morning was the morning we were all supposed to be packing up and like going home. And um, so other Chris, being an early riser, uh, we were all kind of dreading like going to breakfast because we knew we had been caught at that point. And so we're just kind of sitting there kind of waiting it out. And uh, we're like, all right, other Chris, go up there and scope it out, see how it is. So, of course, you know, because no one's going to su suspect other Chris. He's nice and, you know, he's not going to do anything like that. So he goes and gets some coffee and he comes back. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think he knows. Um, and we're like, how? Uh, and so he was like, 
other Chris says, well, I went in there to get some coffee, and they uh, asked how I slept, and I said, man, I'm a little tired. And Doug goes, oh, really? I bet you are tired. And we knew at that point that uh, they were pretty bad. Like, at breakfast, it was so quiet. It was so awkward. It was really bad because you could just feel the, the daggers that were being thrown with his eyes. Oh, and he had the biggest bags under there. I mean, they were check luggage at that point. And, but, yeah, he was staring daggers. And I remember we put our chairs out, and we were, like, trying to face the opposite direction of him. And I swear, man, you could feel it on your back somehow. You're just like, I know he's staring us down right now. <laughs> just don't make eye contact. The other part, too, was that we were all trying not to look at each other because we knew if that we started looking at each other, we were going to laugh, especially our friend Aaron. Our friend Aaron, he can't keep composure for nothing. Like, as soon as you just look at him, he'll start laughing. And uh, I knew if I looked at Aaron or, or Micah, I was going to laugh and it was going to be done. So we're cleaning everything up and we're helping, like, fold up the tents. And we're like, okay, we're going to go help Micah's parents clean up their tent uh, their campsite, because we had already done ours, and uh, we were like, we were trying to gauge it out, and so we asked his dad, we are like, so how mad are you at us that uh, that uh, we kept Doug up all night, and what happened, Micah? He was like, I'm not mad at all, in fact, if y'all didn't, I would think something is wrong with you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Doug wasn't too happy, needless to say, uh, Doug did not come and hang out with Micah's parents anymore, uh, after that, I'm pretty sure he was still upset about the whole uh, walkie-talkie fiasco, which, you know, plan did work, but I still wish that we would have kept him up till like 3 a.m. That would have been great. Oh, it would have been great. I, I do have a feeling, though, that it would have been all night. I would have been at it all night. I think that would have been fun. All of us were committed to staying up all night to uh, see this thing through, but uh, Jay Rizzle, shout out if you're listening, bro. I don't know why you pushed the walkie-talkie. I don't even know how you got the walkie-talkie, but, uh, yeah, the jig was up. But, anyways, that was our story. Uh, that was a great story. I know that was kind of a long story, but it's such a good story. I love telling that story. Uh, but our next segment, what What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I love that story, too, that story. It, um, uh, it's a wonder every time we saw him at church and we said something about going on a camping trip, he gave us that look. Anyways, <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, our next segment is the Jelly Donut, which is the jail report. Who is that private pile? Sir, Jelly Donut, sir. A Jelly Donut? All right, Micah, I have got a good jail report. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the headline says, Me Mexican restaurant worker assaulted after a confrontation about the bill. All right, so this is what it says. Uh, two people were arrested after an employee of a local Mexican restaurant was assaulted last Friday. Employee uh, Mrs. Boyd, 22, told deputies that she followed uh, another female as the customer and her group, and they started to walk out of a Mexican restaurant without paying. So uh, I guess this group walked out. They were doing like a dine and dash. Uh, who's going to pay the bill? Mrs. Boyd asked about, it was a $180 tab. So she was like, Hey, like this ain't no 20 bucks. Like who's going to do it? And suddenly, uh, the other female jumped on Mrs. Boyd and started pushing her in the face, face a sheriff's report says some witnesses broke up the fight, but then, uh, the female allegedly attacked her again as two people held her down. A second suspect, Mrs. Jordan claimed that uh, or sorry, Mr. Jordan had claimed that he had told Miss Avery and her group that he would pay the bill. 
but he failed to pay the tab after letting the group leave without paying, the report says. Uh, so Mr. Jordan lied to deputies about knowing the other suspect. So apparently they knew each other. Um, and then he said, oh yeah, I'm going to pay your tab. And then just Dinah dashed as well. Uh, cause they knew each other. Ultimately, uh, the Mexican restaurant did not receive payment for their meals, uh, by Miss Avery or Mr. Jordan. Uh, Mr. Jordan was charged with theft of services and Miss Avery was charged with simple battery. First thing, $180 bill. Like, good grief, what did you get? But they said that she was in a group, so it may have been like maybe five or six people, and maybe they got, you know, it adds up. I mean, it does, but good grief, $180, that's a big tab, especially to walk out on. And plus, if you're going to dine and dash, it's kind of weird you would do it in a large group, too. It's not like they wouldn't notice when the large group stands up and walks out. I have a question. Have you ever dined and dashed? No. I never have either. I've always felt bad. I'm like, man, like, because I always know that's going to come back to bite me. But, yeah, that's crazy. Like, the fact that, you know, the restaurant worker was just like, hey, like, who's going to pay for this meal? And then all of a sudden she got jumped, which is not cool. That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> over $180. That's that's the part that's nuts is people are willing to assault each other over $180. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a decent amount of money. But to me, that's not, like... Simple battery charges money. <laughs> My question is, is like, did the other members in the group get away or did they just like not get arrested? You know what I mean? I've, I don't know. It just depends. I mean, I don't know how this, I wish I knew more about how this whole thing worked, but um, it's just kind of odd. I mean, how many people do you think were in the group? I mean, does it say anything about that? It doesn't say anything. Probably five or six. But, all right, I got this last story for you because we're going to do two since that other one was so short. And this one says uh, a couple was arrested in a wedding night brawl. So, fight night. Here we go. Uh, a North Carolina couple was arrested last week in, guess what state it's in, Micah? Mississippi? Nope, Florida. Just Hours after exchanging their wedding vows, Naples police were called on March 20th to the Hilton in Naples and found bride Miss Genus in a wedding dress covered in blood and the groom, Mr. Gerard, with injuries to his face. Police said they found Miss Genus in the hotel's salon room crying with her face and chest covered in blood. Miss Genus, who was 32, told cops that the couple were arguing about her brother while in their hotel room, leading to the assault. And then Mr. Gerard, who was 43, claimed his new wife headbutted him, leaving him with a cut on his nose, swelling on his oh. face, and dried blood on his pants. Both were arrested for domestic battery. Golly. The couple are from North Carolina, as it said before. So, domestic violence already. Man, that's early on. I mean, they couldn't even cut out their wedding day. Like yeah, golly. they couldn't. They couldn't even. They couldn't even make it past their vows. It's 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 absolutely crazy. The fact that she like headbutted him and then got blood I don't, everywhere. That's nuts. I, I don't want to be judgmental, but I would take a second look at that relationship. Um, but yeah, somebody didn't go through the premarital counseling. I just gotta say that. <laughs> I mean, geez, there's some pent-up anger. You headbutting somebody. I don't care what's been going on. No argument's going to make you escalate like that, I don't think. Got some, uh... All I'm saying is, 
I don't think he's going to uh, be able to get his deposit back at Mint's warehouse for the uh, Tucks. I don't think so either, and she's not going to be able to at David's Bridal neither. Nah, she had probably had to pay for the dress, so she probably like owns it, but she can't like get rid of it now or sell it. Story piece, people go into her closet. Yeah, that's the uh, jelly donut. So what's our next segment, Micah? Our next segment is the donut hole. Yeah, so for our donut hole, it is my movie pick of the week. Y'all know that I am a movie buff. Y'all know that I love movies. Um, I'm actually excited to go see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness whenever it comes out. That's the next big one I'm looking for, but I'm not here to talk about that one. This one actually came out a couple of years ago. Uh, it came out in 2016, and the reason why I like it, other from the story, it has Denzel Washington in it. It's kind of like an obscure movie, and it kind of got looked over and it's very underrated it's called roman j israel esquire okay so it's basically the premise of it goes is there's this uh lawyer and he's kind of like an older guy he was very active in the 60s and 70s with the civil rights movement as a lawyer but his partner was like the face guy like the one that like was the face of the law firm and he was just like the behind the scenes research guy well his partner passes away and he leaves him the firm and now he kind of has to be like the face guy and like he's trying to adjust the law practices into like today's society and like deal with because he's never really dealt with clients at all and like so he's trying to deal with dealing with clients from you know this new generation where before it's like a different generation it reminds me a lot of death of a salesman because he's like he's you can tell he's like either got autism or like he's got some weird quirks about him and it shows him just kind of like trying to navigate like this new generation and like this new era and it's really good and like he gets into like some trouble and like he takes a bribe that he's not supposed to take because he just like kind of like snaps and is like, you know what? Like I'm tired of getting beat down all the time. I'm going to take this bribe. And then like he ends up like having to run for for his life. And uh, it's like it's really interesting to like watch because Denzel is like, I think it's one of his best performances. I'm not going to lie, uh, but it's pretty good. Well, and if you're saying that that's one of the Denzel's best, I mean. You watch a lot of Denzel, so... I'm just saying, like, yeah, Trady Day was good, but I thought he should have won an Oscar, like, for this, because it's, like, uh, even he, like, took... Because I didn't know this about Denzel. He has, like, caps on his teeth, because originally, like, he had, like, gaps in his teeth, but, like, he got them cosmetically, like, done. And so he took, like, the gaps... He took the caps out, so there would be, like, a gap in his teeth for the character part, and, like, he has, like, an afro, and he's, like... He's weird and quirky and, like, I don't know. It's just interesting to see Denzel in that role. And I forgot it was Denzel, but I like it just because it's, like, in the in the movie, he says, I'm tired of doing the impossible for the ungrateful because he's dealing with all these punk kids who are like, yeah, I shot this person. Get me off. And he's like, bro, I don't have much to work with. And, like, you can just see him, like, struggling to be in the public limelight because, you know, he's never done that before and he doesn't like that. And it's just really interesting. It's almost like that kind of like uh, he's a, he's an old dinosaur and like he's kind of like dying out and trying to adjust to the times. But it's it's a really interesting movie. You should definitely go check it out. Now, the question is, too, does he also wrestle with a lot of like the morality of, you know, defending people that are guilty in essence? I think he deals with it a little bit you can kind of tell because like 
he's used to dealing with like civil rights and like you know activists and stuff but like um you can tell it's just it's just different for him but i definitely recommend that movie you can probably find it somewhere on netflix or some kind of streaming service nowadays you can there are so many streaming services you can find anything on anything absolutely hopefully one day Um, hopefully one day we can make a streaming service maybe sooner than you think chris oh yeah well uh what's our next segment our next segment is going to be what fries my donut and chris what fries my donut there are a lot of things that fry your donuts but what fries your donuts this week communication breakdowns i absolutely cannot stand when people don't give you the pertinent simple information that you need like a lot of times how hard can it be most of the time to be honest with you i really think that it's an effort thing for most people you you got to make an effort on a lot of things so just for instance and i get this kind of stuff all the time at work i had to do a normal monthly report that i normally have to do and then out of the blue, they just said, oh, yeah, by the way, in the same day, you're going to do a yearly review recap. The same day. Oh, by the way, that's like in two weeks. But they've known about it since January. It's one of those things of, you know, it happens a lot where you're sitting there and you're in this spot of, okay, well, what was the harm in, you know, giving a heads up? Because for something like that, for instance, I could have been working on it this entire time and had it done by now and then just get the monthly stuff done so there's a lot of that and i feel like and i don't want to sound like an old fogey here but i feel like cell phones have really and virtualization has really brought down on the communication between people um because we're so used to having such instant contact i feel like that we go ahead and we assume things sometimes that things have been done or we've said things in the past and you know I don't know about you, Chris, but me personally, I remember a lot more of those conversations that I'm in person with instead of a text message. You know, I don't I don't remember a lot of text, but conversations we've had in person, I'll remember that way more. Yeah, I think that now it's just like uh, considered, I guess, not a professional to just text someone because to me, I'm like, you know, if you're texting someone something, it's like you should probably have done this in person. Like, for example, uh, like breaking up with somebody, you definitely shouldn't do that over text. That's probably not good. But I totally get what you're saying about the communication thing. Uh, and it and it happens a lot. Like you know, at being someone in management, uh, like I would I would appreciate the communication. And especially when you got too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and people are doing this, and they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about what so and so said. Uh, just do what I say, and then you're not communicated about something or something that involves you directly or your department directly, and they like go behind your back and do something, and you're like, when were you gonna tell me about this? Like, I just wish you would have communicated. I mean, communication is key to building, you know, great relationships, not just great work relationships, but great marriages and great friendships. You know, if something is bothering me, I should let you know. If me and Micah, if Micah does something that bothers me, I should communicate with him. And let him know I shouldn't just assume that he already knows. And I think that's where a lot of people get into fights is like, oh, yeah, you should, you, you know, when I wasn't talking to you, I thought you would have known that I was upset. And then it's like, no, I had like 15 million things on my mind. I didn't know that you were upset. So it's that's how a lot of fights 
can be uh, avoided is through communication. And I would say this too, communication is also a two-way street. There's also, I mean, you have to listen. I mean, listening is a key part of communication. A lot of people tend to miss that, I feel like. I feel like they feel like, you know what, I can say what I want to you and, you know, communicate what I need to you. But when it's time to be reciprocated or, you know, putting forth that effort, it seems like a lot of people, it kind of sometimes some selective listening happens to where some things just don't make it in there. Well, one of the things that like I hate, and I've been guilty of this too, is when people, I'll be like, why didn't you tell me? And you're like, well, I already knew what you were going to say, or I already knew how you were going to react. And it's like, no, you, maybe I would have reacted differently. Or maybe, you know, if you would have told me, I wouldn't have been upset. Like, it's just a common courtesy to do that. And so many people assume, and you know what they say about assuming. (laughs) Well, there's that, and I mean, personally, I have a lot more respect for somebody that's going to, you know, tell me straight up, like, listen, it's this or it's that. I mean, even if it's something that's not exactly nice, I'll take that a lot better than not knowing. Not knowing is very hard, because all you want to do is figure it out, right? I mean, that's all you want to do to fix it and grow from it, potentially. Assuming is is, is never good, and I I definitely made that mistake this week and you know i you have to remember not everybody is like brought up the way you are or has the same experiences as you are and you can't just assume that people just know things you know and that's that 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 falls on you absolutely it's um it's an interesting balance it's like we've been talking about before you probably get sick and tired of it but balance 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 and that's one of those things of um you know there's the balance of actually speaking and then there's actually listening and doing your part as far as communication is concerned but that's what fries my donuts is uh when people don't do the back and forth like we should and uh i just feel like if there was just a little bit more effort out there it would it would go a lot smoother in a lot of ways sounds good well our next segment is can i get a drum roll please and it is the mystery donut which is our improv segment because we never know what we're gonna get all right so this week we have our accents we have our scenarios or locations so let's get an accent first get a drum roll back here all right so the accent is asian okay i promise we will try to not be offensive don't cancel us it's 20 episodes. We'll be as respectful as we can. We love we love Asian people and all people. Yeah, we love Asian people. It's it's not really that. We've listen, we've we've made fun of almost everybody here it seems like. So, the scenario is getting a haircut. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, I'll let you go first. Oh, welcome to Mr. Kwan Baba Shop. How you doing? Oh, I need haircut for big spring formal. I need you to cut my hair up, edge me up right. Oh, so here's what we need to do. We need to give you that bull haircut. We need to take all that hair and we chop it off all around in circle. Oh, no, no, no. No bull haircut. No bull haircut. That make me look too basic. Make me look too basic. I, I want to know if you could give me one of those fades. You say you want fade? Where you think you is? Oh, do you not know who I am? I'm number one VP Vice President at Chase Morgan Bank. 
Oh, you have such high position, your highness. No, the thing is, I give the haircut I want around here. So you're gonna get bull haircut like I say. Oh, you wanna talk to me like that? You are not gonna talk to me like that. My best friend, he a law, law professor at Harvard. He law professor at Harvard. He gonna come here and he gonna sue you for everything you got. You sue me, I sue you. You don't tell me what to do. Oh, you gonna sue me? I sue you first. We gonna have class action lawsuit. I see you in civil court. I have LLC. Oh, I do you want better. You take me to civil court, I take you to Judge Steve Harvey or Judge Judy. You choose. You know who I want? I want Judge Stream Akeem. Oh, no. Judge Steve Harvey or nothing. I like him ever since he got family food. Steve Harvey? He the one with the Hershey Kiss nipples? No, that buddy Mac, fool. America, who you with? You trying to tell me that you want Steve Harvey over Judge Extreme Akeem? Yeah, he's so fair. He take your little barbershop chair and all your little scissors. Oh, you got a problem with me? You gonna try to get physical with me? Oh, I know Taekwondo. Oh yeah? I fight you with Egg Foo Young. And that was our improv segment. Uh, I apologize in advance. We were not trying to be racist. We were trying to be funny. We make fun of everybody on this show. So if you want us to make fun of you, we'll make fun of you. Uh, side note, uh, we actually used to have... Back in the day, we used to have roasts in Micah's backyard, and uh, we would bring our friends, and we put them in the center, and the rule was me and Micah couldn't roast each other because we knew too much uh, dirt on each other, but we could roast everybody else, and so, uh, you know, that's just the name of comedy, that's just the name of the game, but we try to keep it not offensive, and we're not attacking anybody, so uh, anyways, that's our improv segment. What's our last segment? It is our Eclair Donut. Which is our positive advice for the week. And Chris, I went first last week, so take it away. Alright, so my positive advice for this week is to finish well. Uh, I'm in the middle of transitioning careers. And honestly, whenever you're finishing something or you're about to step into a new season, whether it be school, whether it be a new job, you know, it's easy to kind of go on coast mode and to go on autopilot mode and to just kind of check out and say, ah, oh, well you know, it's not my problem. And yeah, some things may not be your problem, but you want to finish well. You want to leave wherever you're going on good terms, whether that be, uh, like I said, a job or school. You don't want to like, because it's really easy. You could have spent like three years at that place. And then your last week is what you'll maybe be remembered for. If you know you're slacking off, you're cursing everybody out you're treating everybody just like awful garbage they'll remember that but if you finish well you know it speaks volumes to character and it's not easy and i'll and i'll be honest with you it's not easy to finish well uh because there's a lot of you that just wants to check out but finishing well is definitely a good character trait and uh, i think it's i think it's something that you know we all need to do very good word i i completely agree with you there um although it is hard to not get that senioritis on right at the end of something but anyways, um, so my eclair for the week is going to be, it's it has a little bit to do with uh, what fries my donuts, except on the other end of it. Um, I just really encourage every one of you to listen really hard this week because there's a, a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of opportunity out there and it comes out from what people say, from what happens in life. And you got to keep your eye and your ear out for those things. So just keep an eye out for some opportunity. 
I feel like some big things are coming. And if you've been grinding for that good thing to happen, I mean, hey, you're right on the doorstep, I feel like, in a lot of cases. And sometimes you're not. But you know what? It's all worth it in the end. So just keep on grinding out there. Yeah, it is. Uh, keep grinding. Keep going. Keep communicating. You know, it's it's not easy and none of us have this figured out, but we're just trying to give you things that we've learned. And, you know, it's like what they say. The best way to learn something is to teach it. And, you know, when Mike and I are saying this positive advice, we're usually, you know, not just talking to you guys, but we're, we're preaching to ourselves as well. But, uh, Micah, do you want to tell them about some updates coming up with trash can tv or do you want to save that for a little bit later we're going to save that for next episode so we don't get people too too excited yet but big things are coming for the website if you if you really listen close back at this episode we we kind of dropped the hint somewhere in between there so a little easter egg for you to find but tvtrashcan.com tvtrashcan.com like we said there's going to be some changes coming up that you're just not going to want to miss and when we announce those you're going to be like OMG, I can't even believe it. Well, speaking of Easter eggs, Easter is actually coming up, and that's it came up. It's coming up fast. Are you ready for Easter? Ah, uh, does that mean I have to go to church? I mean, I I guess you have to. I don't know. I mean, it would be nice, but anyways, you don't have to go to church if you're going because you have to. That kind of misses the point. You know what we did last Easter? We uh we got some Pizza Hut, and we watched a Western, and we watched Jerry Springer. Me and Micah did, and I think we played some Grand Theft Auto. That's a that's a good Easter. I mean, yeah, you should do every holiday like that. Why not? Right. But anyways, we are about to sign off, so... Make sure you guys are listening, going, like, subscribe, share, uh, tell all your friends. And, hey, we would love to be in all 50 states. So if you have some friends in some other states, I tell them to listen, and we appreciate that. And we are going to sign off. So I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And you know what? We don't even want the 50 states. We want more than that. We want Puerto Rico. We want Guam. We want the U.S. Virgin Islands. We want them all. Just saying. But I'm Micah. Okay, overachiever. All right, let's go. All right, see y'all next week. All right, see ya. I see skies of blue And clouds of white The bright, blessed day The dark, sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful world